John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. And this is the High Gain Podcast. Yes, it is. We talk about guitars here. Are you going to tell me about a guitar today, John? I'm going to tell you about a pretty cool guitar today, Ed. I love it. I love it. Where are we recording from, John? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington. It is beautiful. I walked up here from my house. It's nice because I only live like two blocks away from you. Nice. Uh, It's all uphill, though. Yep. 80 degrees in the shade. Uphill. Yep. It's beautiful. I took a selfie. You gotta take a selfie on a day like this because, you know, YOLO. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what I was thinking, actually. Yeah. Hashtag YOLO. Y- yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. What is that beverage you got there, Ed? Uh, today I'm having a lovely San Pellegrino Clementina Italian tradition, it says. I've got some coffee and then some emergency backup old beverages that have been sitting there for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, probably it, just leave those. But it's water, so it's probably fine. Great. Hey, uh, that's a cool looking guitar, John. You like it? You want to yep, hear it? I do. All right. Uh, maybe I'll put on some of this. And... Oh. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what that That, is? It looks like a Dan Electro. It is. There's a U2, right? There is a U2. Okay. There is a U1, and this one happens to be a U3. Oh. So the number designation is how many pickups it has. The U designation? Yeah. I could not find anywhere what that's supposed to stand for. This was not in the U2, like, plane era where it was named after a... I wonder. Named after a spy plane? Yeah. It yeah. could be. The U2. When was Francis? Francis uh, Powers? Shot down, right? Shot down over, over Mother Russia. Yeah. Our fearless leader. He's over there giving Putin a handy. A handy. Yeah. <laughs> Francis Gary. Yeah. I looked it up. It's Francis first. Francis Gary Powers. Yeah. Okay. That was uh, Stripes, right? In Stripes where he's like... It was. <laughs> Don't yeah. call me... 
don't co- don't no don't touch my shit yeah. maybe and then yeah, the and guys then, uh, like sergeant lighten up francis <laughs> <laughs> you call me francis i'll fucking kill you yeah yeah maybe that was maybe that was based on old gary powers maybe and i don't like nobody touching my stuff who knows but those uh those russians i don't know yeah so is the dan electro a russian guitar it is not a russian guitar okay was it made in uh, the United States of America? It was made in the United States oh, of America. God bless. In, God uh, bless. In my home state. Ah, uh, Jersey. New Jersey. Really? These things were made in Dan, New Jersey. Dan Electro, New Jersey. I'm not... Yep. Huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, From she, Billy, Billy Dan Electro, Bobby. Yeah. Nathan I. Daniel. Nathan Daniel. Our man Nat was born mm-hmm. born in New York City. Okay, great. About a year after his parents arrived in this country. From? Lithuania. Oh, okay. And the, the Tsarist Russians, mm-hmm. they did not like Jewish people. No. So his parents were fleeing oppression in Tsarist Russia. Yeah. It's a good thing we don't have immigration problems in yep. the United States, and we are just taking these dispossessed people yep. and just welcoming them. Yeah, so Nat. So the Dan Electro. <laughs> yeah, so Nat is born in New York City. Great. To some immigrant parents. I yep. love it. Yep. Okay, Lithuanian. Uh, hey, system of a down. Aren't they Lithuanian? Armenian? Or... Oh, they're Armenian. Oh, okay. So uh, 19... 1912. 1912, his parents come over. He's born in 1912. His parents come over in 1911. Oh, so they were banging on the boat or something. Long crossing, you know. Right, right. You know what they arrived to in America? What? Top ramen. How many noodles do you think are in that bowl of top ramen noodle soup? Top ramen was first packaged in 1912. Really? Yeah, so that's some good news that's for them. really College great. kids forever have been thankful. And me now. The other day, I made some ramen, threw it in a pot, and then I added just a little soy sauce. Uh-huh. And I added uh, some broccoli and tofu. Uh-huh. And I felt like a goddamn iron chef. So this is great. So, <laughs> so Nat is born into a world full of promise. <laughs> Until it isn't. Oh, oh no. Uh, when he's coming of age, old Nat. 1912. Isn't that when the uh, goddamn Titanic sunk? Oh, is it? R.I.P. Leonardo DiCaprio. Right? Uh, <laughs> so when Nat is, let's say, 20. Great Depression's coming exactly. on. Great. So that was a little bit of a bummer. Oh. At the time he was in college, mm-hmm. uh, he had to drop out. Couldn't afford college. Had to make money for the family, okay, uh, and for himself. Fortunately, he had him the math head. Oh, and he likes amplifiers and things, and radio signals and all kinds of things. <laughs> so he starts making amplifiers, okay, and carrying them around, selling them. Mm-hmm. He sets up in his parents' place. Yeah, decides to just say, "Let's have a company. We'll do right. it in mom and pops's place." And that's what he did. He called it Daniel Electrical Laboratories. Oh, look at that. He gets kind of lucky. Mm-hmm. Right there in the Depression. Epiphone Guitars. At the time, they were the second largest guitar manufacturer outside of Gibson. What about my guy, Leo? This is the 30s. There is no Leo. Oh, 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 okay. It's Epiphone. They take notice, and he starts making amps for Epiphone. Great. It's working out for him. And he makes a name for himself. Yeah. He's making amps, Epiphone's selling them. Maybe he'll ride out this depression thing. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, that is awesome. Until it isn't. Oh, no. Because uh, World War II sneaks up on us. Sure. This dude, born right before World War One, 
as a young man heads into World War II. He manages to avoid the draft, you know. Oh, bone spurs. No, because of his math head. He knows all about the signals and the amps and the okay. wires, and that's still kind of a nascent thing. Sure. So he turns into a civilian engineer slash designer for the U.S. Army Signal Corps. Oh. He gets his invention on Okay. And the invention is so important that he is excused from the draft because of how important it is. Okay. Okay. Well, they had a problem during World War II with signal interference being generated by anything else that generated electricity. Sure. Like a Jeep's motor. Okay. So you're on a battlefield or near a battlefield and you're driving your Jeep. That Mm -hmm. thing's generating electrical signals you can't hear on the walkie-talkie. It's jamming crucial battlefield communications. So our man Nat, he devises a way to shield the whole goddamn vehicle. Shield the vehicle. Shields the whole vehicle so the vehicle will not interfere with communication. Sounds like he's making science shit up. If you're on the battlefield and you're like, holy shit, holy shit, we need backup. And there's some dude sitting in a Jeep saying, uh, say that again, I didn't catch that. Right. Can you hear me now? That's not good. Saving Private Ryan, that's a pretty good movie. So he comes out of World War II on that kind of a high. <laughs> sure. In 1947, he moves to Red Bank, New Jersey. Moves his whole operation down the shore. Great. Okay. And that is in 47 when he decides... Daniel Electrical Laboratories mm-hmm. shortens it to Dan Electro. Yeah, I think it's great. Nat is really on the ball. Yeah. He's making amps. 47, making Four, amps. Seven. Is he a guitar player? Can't play a lick. Really? Doesn't play at all. But he did a lot of innovative things that nobody else had done at the time. Have you ever played a tube amp that has tremolo built into it? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with yeah, that effect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nat invented that. No shit. The first amp to have tremolo in it what's this guy's name danny nat nat danielson nathan daniel okay so now he's no longer in dan electro new york city Mm -hmm. he has moved to dan electro new jersey okay uh, down the shore there he continues catching people's eyes because he gets two very lucrative contracts Okay. One with Sears, one with Montgomery Ward. Yes. Hey, Nat, would you make amps for us? Why, yes, I will. Right. And so he did. Remember getting the Sears and the Pennies catalog at Christmas time? Yes. And just dog-earing the fuck out of that thing and just looking through the catalog. Looking at the guitars and the amps. For weeks and weeks. It was Uh crazy. I can remember looking at every single guitar and amp in those catalogs. The guitar section was usually like three or four pages, right? Like not a ton. Not very much. In comparison to, you know, the toys in the back. Yep, yep. You're getting into the territory where you're outside of what I know about the Dan Electros. Awesome. That was about what I knew. I didn't know it was Nathaniel Daniel, but keep going. So Nat is doing this for Sears and Montgomery Ward, each of which have their own house brands. If it is Sears... Silvertone. If it is Montgomery Ward... Um, Dan Electro, Silvertone, and... Airline. Oh. And so what if it is just Dan Electro? Yeah. Those are the ones he sells directly to music stores. Right. This guitar that says Dan Electro on it would have been sold to a music store somewhere. He made the airline guitars. See, I didn't know that. Now, where most people start trying to fill a market niche that's about not being shitty guitars but not being the super high end people are just like crunching numbers trying to position themselves right right our man nat appears to have an honest interest in the kids like you and me that were looking through the sears catalog right these are working people right like he grew up how can he make an instrument that is as cost effective as possible good enough to not discourage a new player a kid right from continuing 
Sure. He had a vested interest in making something that kids could enjoy and learn on. Okay. Which is probably why so many people are fond of these things. I think everybody remembers seeing them as a kid. Yep. To that degree, he succeeded. I have heard a lot of people say you should start by playing on a shitty acoustic to learn on and figure out if you want to play. And I think that is the most terrible advice you can give to someone new. Man, if the guitar yeah. fights you yeah. at every turn. That is a statement that is true if qualified. I would say not shitty, less expensive. And the caveats are it needs to stay in tune. Yep. And the action needs to be reasonable for hands that are not yet strong enough to hold down strings. Exactly. If you do that, then yeah, it could be plywood or whatever. Sure. It's like the person's going to still enjoy playing it. Yep. Uh, so that's what Nat did. I said 50. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, I lied. 54. Okay, 54. As a just great wash of like the 50s in America. Ugh. No thanks. Listen to this sound, Ed. Yep. Yeah. What do I have on that guitar? You've got some reverb on that. that... Right. By 1954, Nat had invented... <laughs> reverb in an amp? Uh, yes. Uh, let's... Really? It's called a reverb device for the guitar. Okay. Tremolo and reverb. I have no reason to doubt anything you say to me. Well, I do have reason to doubt things you say to me because a lot of stuff you say to me turns out to be bullshit. So, oh, sure, sure. You know. Yeah, uh, pay attention, listeners. <laughs> uh, we make no warranties or express claims on this podcast. That's correct. Do I find it hard to believe that Dan Electro invented, that Nat invented reverb and tremolo? I cannot say the effects. I am qualifying by saying tremolo in an amp Okay. And reverb device for a guitar. He could have made the first, like, spring reverb tank or something. Like, sure, yeah, why not? Maybe. What seems to be a pattern for Nat is that he was an extremely creative thinker this way. Okay. Uh, he, he went on to get multiple patents and think of new ideas and implement them, some of which he didn't even bother getting patented. Okay. The guy just thought of stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Real uh, fair use kind of guy. So, 54 is making solid body guitars. Yeah. Silvertone for Sears. Yep, yep. Airline for Montgomery Ward. Yeah. Dan Electro for the music shops. Okay. And it's doing really great. You could walk into Sears. Yeah. And walk out. With a guitar and an amp. Yeah. In one. The cost yeah. of a Dan Electro guitar yeah. or Silvertone was about a quarter anything else even near it in 54. I don't know that that surprises me very much. I'm just thinking again of all the blue collar parents. And right. The kids like, oh, I want to learn how to play guitar. Yep. Oh, crap. A grand in the 50s? Are you nuts? Oh, what, what cost a grand in the 50s? There's no guitar that cost a grand in the 50s. Uh, maybe not, but they cost, what, six, seven hundred dollars 1954 money, right. let's just say like 300 bucks. Yeah, yeah. A quarter of that is pretty fair. Sure, but those guitars are light. It's not that they feel like toys exactly but there is a huge difference between picking up a 50s dan electro and a 50s les paul or strap and the massive difference is the materials the top and the back of a dan electro was actually masonite okay and the inside is hollow yep it's just placed on a frame that's built out of poplar we've talked about that bolt a neck onto it there you go so that thing's hollow mostly i imagine where the pickups connect or where the yeah, bridge screws little, in there's got to sure. be some bracing or right. a block or something for right. for strength but yeah yeah that's all there is to that the pickups yep. are the famed lipstick pickups yeah they're cool a lot of lore around these some people say oh the pickup cases were war surplus mm-hmm <laughs> 
Okay. Or that he went directly to Max Factor. Okay. To get them <laughs> actual <laughs> lipstick. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, well, they are actual lipstick tubes. But he didn't go to Max Factor or anything. He went to the the company that manufactured and distributed them wholesale. Just some factory that bangs out lipstick cases. No uh, and, shit. And he bought them the same way that like Max Factor would have bought them. Hey, order me ten thousand more of those from the warehouse. And they they're were, actual lipstick. They are. And there are concentric knobs on these. Yeah. That are very simple. So yeah, the, there's no pickup selector on that thing. Nope. This is a U3, I should say, if I haven't sure. already. You have. I have. You you have said that, but say it again. This is a U3. Okay, great. Three pickups. Controls are very simple. Three concentric knobs. Three one, banger. Yeah, three banger. One half of the knob is on and off. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Uh, the other half is volume. So you pick your pickup. Yep. And turn it up or down, depending on how you want to blend those sounds. We've talked about the Richter scale. Yeah, yeah. A Fender Telecaster Deluxe, that comes in at 10.2. The Den Electro Lipstick Pickups? Yep. 4.7. Woo! So, so they're pretty low. Woo! They're, they're pretty low. Turn some stuff on. Let me hear some things. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty nice, huh? Yeah. And the neck, nothing fancy there. Three tuners on the side. Easy to describe for our radio fans. The shape of the headstock is called Coke bottle. Yep. Imagine that. If you can't, then uh, look it up. Yep. Look it up, assholes. Yeah. The U3 doesn't have it, but some of the other and later Dan Electros had a little hole in the back mm -hmm. where you could put a wrench in there and adjust the tilt on the neck. Sure. We talk about this a lot. We talk the about this a lot tilt. with Fender and other people. Yep. Guess who invented it? Um, Nat. Nat did it. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. What's he up to these days? I don't think he patented it. What's Nat up to yeah. these days? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Oh, no. Nat when is, did we lose him? Nat lived a pretty long life. Okay. Uh, we lost him in 94. He was 82. That's a good run. That's a good run. Nat had a good yeah. run. And all indications were that he was just a really nice guy. Stand-up dude. How many wives did he have? One. One wife. Do you know those longer baritone guitars that were like, Sometimes known as basses, but they were yep. really kind of baritone guitars. And they would be used for what was called tic-tac bass. Okay. So you'd palm mute and go. Sure. Uh, Nat invented that. The bass. Six-string bass. Man, this guy is just cranking them out. This guitar here. Yep. The U3. 1958. 1958. Yeah. U3. There, there's some confusion as to whether the introductory year for this particular one was 56 or 57 okay in any event yeah this is a pretty rare guitar they didn't make many of them really so just a couple of years um, okay and this is in the even rarer copper burst finish it's cool yeah. the finish is pretty great i mean it, it looks really nice if you looked at it close uh -huh. you would know but it looks like one of those newer reissued dan electros it's sure. in that kind of shape and it's worn in all the right places yeah like we yeah. were fortunate enough to borrow this guitar from our friend frank at thunder road guitars oh frank yeah i did not go with you what's frank up to having guitars letting you take 60 year old guitars just off the wall and that's great frank's a good guy so if anybody likes the sound of this dan electro from yeah. 1958 with three pickups yep go to thunder roadguitars.com
Yeah. For the astute among you who have noticed that I am uh, rocking a reverb pedal in addition to my normal distortion. Yep. That is for a reason. Early, mid, late 50s, it was kind of rockability, doomy kind of. (laughs) (laughs) That mid 50s doom billy everyone loves. It was the Norwegian doom billy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You know Link Ray? I do. Link Ray had a song called Rumble. He loved the Dan Electros. It's mostly all he ever played. Yeah. And he used the reverb a lot. That's why I put that up there. Okay. You want to hear it? I do. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Right? This is this is in the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. I, I think believe. it might be. Yeah. Totally. And that's a Dan Electro. That is. That is wow. a Dan Electro, and that song, 58. Wow. That's from the year this came out. And yeah. he wasn't the only one doing that. Dwayne okay. Eddy. It is crazy to me that these dudes were buying Sears guitars and then recording just like classics with them. People were really enamored of the lipstick pickups, yeah. which is really funny because uh, it's nothing special. It's just an Alnico bar magnet wrapped up. And you know sure. what they would do to protect that whole thing inside the lipstick casing? They just wrap tape around it. <laughs> So, Dwayne Eddy. Okay. Rebel Rouser. Okay. Same year. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, you're hearing that thinned out kind of... Kind of. Yeah. That reverb. You know, it just sounds like it was recorded in a huge room. Yeah. It just sounds like, yeah, that's cool. Okay. And they go on like that for years. And uh, Dwayne Eddy, what's he recording these days? What's Dwayne Eddy recording? Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. Okay. But he's still around. Oh, How about that? my guy. What about, what about my guy, Link? Oh, no. Yeah, 2005. Really? We lost. Yeah, he was born in 1929. Uh, and he's making friends, and people are picking them up, and uh, he knows a lot of uh, uh, session cats in and around New York City because of his proximity to them. And Nat does. Nat does, yeah. Okay. So he's able to get these things in the hands of these people. Okay. And that's why it's doing so oh, well. cool. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, one of the people he knows is a guy named Vinnie Bell. Oh, this Whoa. guy. <laughs> Vinnie Bell, yep. who was born in 1935 and is still alive. Born in 35, still alive. Okay. Vinnie becomes interested not only in the guitars, which he is playing along with these other guys, but Vinnie's got a notion to help Nat. Maybe they go way back. I don't know. Nat's a good guy. Vinnie wants to help him. Yeah, so Vinnie's helping him design, flesh out new ideas. Yeah. Have you ever seen those sitar guitars? Yeah. Yes, those are cool. That is a Nat jammer. Nat or Vinny? Both of them. Okay, Nat yeah. and Vinny. Vinny went out and was using it and promoting it. They did that under their Coral line. Okay. 67, that's firing up, but okay. not before Nat sells the company. In 66, he sells it to MCA. He had a sinus infection. He was looking to mellow out some, but couldn't completely remove himself, obviously. Okay. He stayed on as president. Oh, okay. He's still designing things with our man Vinny. The Belzuki. Okay. Yeah, you know, the silver tone, the amp in the case. Yeah. You know who invented that? Nat? Yep. Yeah, yeah, like, of the course. The whole amp in the case, that was Nat. That's great. Uh, did he patent that? No. <laughs> What's happening now? We're getting into the hippie zone. Real, some real <laughs> hippy dippy bullshit going on over there. Yeah, listen to this. Yeah. Oh, 
Man, you know what I want? Like, oh, can you tell me who that was? I don't know who that is. This is Pink Floyd. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't want to predispose you. <laughs> that thing in the beginning, whatever uh, that. What's that, that noise? Tinkly, that, whatever. Yeah, like some that. Yeah, no guitar. Just strip the guitar and just let me hear that oscillating yeah. bullshit. Uh, so maybe they were doing more inventive things when Sid Barrett was still around. I yeah. Don't, I, I, that sounded oddly like, contemporary to me. Oddly contemporary, and then the guitar starts. You lost me. We lost Sid, too. Uh, what are you going to do? 69, they closed down Dan Electro. Oh, no shit. Really? Yeah. When they sold it to MCA? Yeah. MCA had the bright idea. Uh-huh. We should market exclusively to music stores. Oh, all the people that are buying these hand over fist from department stores? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that market. Yeah. Their money's not good or something? I don't know right. what. Back in the day, every town on the corner had a Montgomery Ward, Sears. Yeah, I that... remember going to get my back to school tough skins <laughs> at, uh, at Sears. <laughs> <laughs> with my mom yeah that seems pretty cool my huskies and right. my tough skins <laughs> <laughs> i like the uh wranglers wrangler butts drive me nuts yeah. you know <laughs> you know about that i do now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't unhear that right fortunately doesn't mm-hmm. keep uh, musicians from continuing to love them and use mca them. the music company yeah yeah that's them dipshits but people keep playing them okay i have some examples for you i'm ready cashmere i cannot wait I love it. I've made some disparaging Led Zeppelin comments in the past as well. But the thing with Led Zeppelin is, Uh man, those guys, there are high highs and, and some low lows. But man, they're good songs are so good yeah in my brain i knew that jimmy page played those on a few albums right yeah yeah that's cool so that was uh 70s fabulous great 80s um who is this flat duo jets (laughs) ever hear of them I thought this was going to be one of those quizzes where I like, oh, I should have known that was no, no. fill in the blank. No, flat duo jets, no. 1990, listen to this. Um, Do you know what it is? Yes, but I can't. Um, who is it? I, this is the theme song. Twin Peaks, the TV show. <laughs> I'm like, I totally know this, and I could not. Is that? Uh... And that's a Dan Electro. Yeah. And you know who's playing the Dan Electro uh, on that? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Uh... It's our man Vinny Bell. Oh no shit! Our man Vinny Bell is playing on the Twin Peaks soundtrack all these years later, and he's still playing Dan Electros. And he's that's... still playing Dan Electros. That is, great. and he's still got his electric sitar that he helped Nat yeah. invent. Uh, speaking of Southern culture on the skids. Hear that Dan Electro tone? Yep. It really does have a unique sound. It, like a lot of these things have been really overdriven, you know? Yeah. Like, like it just sounds like you get that out of the guitar. That kind of crappy, shitty tone. Yeah. You get it just like, that's, that's your by default setting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which and, is cool, which I love it. And it 
totally has its use, doesn't it? Well, the thing you alluded to was they also play really nice, or he put some quality into it so you could give it to a kid and the action wasn't all uh-huh. jacked up. Uh-huh. And that guitar plays great. There's a reason for that, too. Yeah? The neck. Uh-huh. The fretboard on the neck is Brazilian rosewood. They didn't just cut sure. rosewood and slap it on there. They right. slapped it on there first because Nat knew that he was going to want that fretboard within a certain tolerance so the action would be nice and low. But it's not very cost effective to put a slab of rosewood on there and then have somebody sit there and sand it down until it's the right height and even all the way across. So they had a machine that you could take the neck with the raw piece of rosewood on it and right. clamp it into this machine. Oh. And the machine machine would cut it and sand it down to the exact place it needed to be. Right. No such machine ever existed before because huh. Nat invented it. <laughs> this guy. Nat invented this the guy. machine that would, in a cost-effective manner, create the low neck. We haven't gotten into it, right? Because this dude was doing weird shit mm-hmm. in the 40s when he started with his electronics and, and whatnot. Yeah. But I feel like that thing you're talking about uh-huh. is just the kind of ingenuity that was born out of the Great Depression when people could not throw a goddamn thing away Uh and they could not waste anything and some Mm -hmm. really ingenious shit gets born out of poverty and despair. You grow up thinking there's got to be a use for this. Right. Or or, or I'll use it later or I'll think of something or I need to think of something. Right. What do I have that can do this? Yep. By all indications, that's what Nat was about. Yay, Nate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yay, despair. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, Hooray, depression. Yeah. As mentioned, uh, 94, Nat Nat leaves us. Yeah. He was 82. Uh, But you know what he was doing at the time he left? Uh, probably inventing weird shit. He had since retired and moved yep. to Hawaii. Oh, he, he was living out his life in Hawaii. And That's great. You know what he invented? He probably invented the paddleboard. No, he invented a large commuter-sized catamaran. Did you hear that popping noise? That was my ankle. He noticed there was no commuter service by boat in between the islands of Hawaii. Okay. The seas apparently are notoriously rough, so he invented a large kind of catamaran type commuter vessel that would be exceedingly stable in choppy waters huh the only way at that time to get between the islands was to fly he went about trying to get funding for this never did i've been to hawaii Uh uh-huh uh late 1990s yeah the evitz corporation Uh uh-huh buys the the name buys the name Mm -hmm. let's bring it back what was the year hit me again late 90s Late 90s, yeah. There was a pretty big surf revival. Oh, And a lot of those surf dudes played Dan Electro. Like our guy, uh, Brian Wallace. Right. Primate 5 and the Cripples and whatnot. I think those dudes were Well, and there was also a market. Do you remember the Jerry Jones guitars? Yes. They were highly regarded out of Nashville, I think. Yeah. Uh, Maybe this all adds up. The type of music being played. The fact that there's a manufacturer making these things to meet demand. Yep. Our guys at Evit maybe think... Let's get on this. Yeah. 2002? Yeah. Our man Elvis. Yeah. He's playing Dan Electro. Great. There it is. Late 90s, that's when the Evans took over. Yep. 2004, mm. they stopped selling guitars. Of course. They want to concentrate on the <laughs> shitty-ass effects. <laughs> In 2006, yeah. Evans themselves sell. 
Okay. They don't sell Dan Electro. They sell themselves. Right, right. So, of course. So there are new owners of Evitz. Yeah. Evitz is under new management. Right. They take the decision to only make a limited amount of guitars every year. That seems like a good decision to me. I don't know if that means limited amount in number or limited series. Let me play a little more on this. Thing. Okay, do it. Let's see. I'll put some of the... Yeah, put some of that on there. Oh. Yep. Should I try some different uh, pickup-y things? Like, should I go more trebleizing? I'll take out the middle pickup. Okay. How about that? Sure. I'll take out the neck pickup. Okay. Yeah, a little more. Sure. Yep. Yeah, it feels like, you know, I know this isn't exactly the case, but surf guitar and rockabilly are kind of where that thing seems to shine. I wonder if it and would be good in like... I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm going to uh, Europe in a little bit here. We're probably going to have to record a couple ahead of time. Yeah. But I was looking up luthiers in Paris uh -huh. and London and pedal shops. And ah, cool. There's one closer to Nice in France that I kind of want to go to. That would be pretty cool. It'd be great. Put my beret on and have a baguette and a little cigarette and maybe go visit the shop. Well, okay, then I look forward to hearing back about that, Ed. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be pretty good. Um, uh, hey, where can people find us on the internet, John? Uh, you can go directly to the website, thehighgain.com. Okay. Uh, can they go to Facebook? Oh, sure. They can go to Facebook. They can go to Twitter. They can go to Instagram. Man. Man. All over the place. We man. got our bases covered. You guys should totally write to us at thehighgainpod at gmail.com. We love the questions. We do. We're kind of getting flooded with them, and it's a little hard to keep up. But just send them in anyway, and we'll yep. get to them. Yep. Uh, that'll be great. And we will lovingly craft responses. Uh. Nice.